Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths, and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Okay, well today um, is the start of our podcast, and I thankfully get to have Alyssa with me. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Madon. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I mean, really, Healing Trauma Mamas wouldn't be what it is without you, honestly. Um, you had the idea to start the Facebook group, didn't you? I, I did think about that, and it was something that was on my mind for quite a while, and you really helped me leap into it and make me feel like it was something that could be tangible. Well, I'm real thankful that you did because I don't think I would have thought to do that at all. Um, so kind of to, to give a little preface here. So we started healing trauma mamas because I was going to be on a podcast, um, called the happy home birth, uh, podcast, um, with Caitlin Fusco. And, uh, on that podcast, I was talking about, uh, trauma and, um, I had recorded the podcast with her, but it hadn't come out yet. And you and I had talked about, um, the Facebook group and creating one. So we created a Facebook group and we were able to add that in with the podcast, um, so that we could kind of give a, I guess our goal was a resource, right? Yeah. Not so much a resource, uh, excuse me. (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring people together. I wanted people to feel like they weren't alone in the world because there's so much that goes into trauma and everyone's experience is completely their own, but at the same time, we're not alone. And so it's, I wanted to kind of unite us and, um, heal together. I love, I love that idea because I am, like I said, I hadn't thought of that before, but it does give like, so, you know, if you listen to a podcast and you're like, Oh, I really resonate with that person. It gives a place to go to find other people that resonated with that person. So when I was on the podcast, I not only talked about my trauma and my experiences, I talked about your trauma as you gave me permission to talk about uh, a, a brief amount of, of your trauma, um, on the podcast. And then people who felt really connected with that, or maybe had a similar experience to yours or mine, or one of the, or Allie, who will be on the podcast, um, on a later episode, uh, that they were able to come to a place to kind of gather that we could kind of, um, you know, encourage each other, listen to each other's stories and, and be able to, um, I guess be with each other. Like you said, bringing people together through the healing process. Yeah. So, um, kind of, I guess we should probably let people know how we met each other, huh? <laughs> cause, cause we yeah, don't even yeah, live absolutely. like we live well at the time we lived what, what over two hours apart. Um, yep. so I, in any other instance, I don't think we would have met. Um, but thank the Lord that we did get to meet, um, through, uh, through the midwife that I was working with as a student at the time. And, um, she, you, you were a client that she already had. And, um, I got to come into your care and, um, get to know a little bit about you. I honestly didn't get to know that much about you before your birth. Um, honestly, I remember that I, I asked the midwife a few times, um, just some information to make sure that, you know, I understood what was, what was going on, but I remembered she had came to me and told me that we needed to do things differently, that we were going to try to do a vaginal exam just to see how you would do with your husband, but <laughs> yeah. we didn't know how that was going to go. So that was kind of a, 
kind of a interesting because yeah. then I'm asking all kinds of questions. Well, why is this a quote unquote try? You know, why is this going to be a difficult yeah. thing? Um, so I guess that kind of leads into, you know, trauma and, and, and the reason that we were having to quote unquote, try to do a vaginal exam and why we would do that in midwifery. Um, so I don't know if you want to kind of explain why that was a difficult thing for you or what type of trauma that you experienced. I I would love to dive into that one because that I don't know. I think one of the biggest things about trauma for me, and you guys will hear me giggle a lot on this or laugh, because that's, that's one of my biggest coping mechanisms is to laugh it off. But, um, one of the, my, my biggest trigger has always been, um, I don't know how to say it other than just being, being touched. I do not like, um, being touched in my vagina (laughs) unless it's like my husband and, it, I mean, it goes further than that and I'll excuse me on any, any language or whatever, but like fingering toys, I cannot handle them. I have super big panic attacks. I skipped out on my first, what was supposed to be my first pap smears twice. I just wound up not going and saying, now nah, I'm 21. I don't need this. And so my first pap smear came around when I became pregnant with Milo and that was so traumatizing for me. Um, but that, that stems from my childhood. I was molested by my father for somewhere around six years. Um, and I just, I can't handle that. And I was so, so grateful to the midwife to see and understand, um, that that was a big stressor for me. And the fact that she worked so hard with me on getting around that and trying to, and just dodging it all together during the birth, having, (laughs) She, she did amazing on that for me. I had never seen anything like it. It was honestly, I mean, it was so, I mean, and, and I think I said this on the, on the happy home birth podcast when I was on there, but it was so redemptive. It was such, um, an amazing picture of you being able to work through. And I felt like there was some healing and some restoration just in the birth of Milo, um, for you. And I got to see it on, you know, on on my side, I got to see it and it was so beautiful. Um, but to see you work through, um, the labor and us as a midwife, you know, I'm as a student right now, but as you know, the midwife, it's really difficult, especially for first time moms to not do a vaginal exam during labor, because, there are signs that we can kind of gauge of where a woman is at in her labor and how close she is to, you know, delivery or dilation and that sort of thing. And that that's a lot of times why we need to check somebody is to figure out what's going on and, you know, where, where we are at and and different things like that. So it was such a big um, leap of faith really for the midwife to be able to just fully trust that your body was going to do this. And we didn't need to we, for one, didn't want to cause any trauma on you. And we knew that if we had to do something like that, it would send your birth backwards, that it, it would, it would make things so much more yeah. difficult for you and would create more trauma instead of healing. And I really like, I mean, and I know, and I remember like, I, which I would love to hear you, your take on it. And if you want to talk about your birth story, I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm sure just to let the audience know that, you know, like 
Alyssa, this is not going to be her, her only time on the podcast. Alyssa and I started healing trauma moments together and we plan to be multiple times coming back and talking because I know both of us have such a variety of different experiences that we can share with, with our listeners and that, you know, might be able to help them in certain situations. But the big thing I saw with the, uh, midwife was, was the trust that she had to put into your body and into the Lord. Really? I mean, I know there were several times where she was just outside the door, just praying, you know, and just being like, okay, I've put this in your hands. This is gotta, I know this is good for her. I know this is the best thing to do, (laughs) but it's not, it's, it's really, I mean, it's the hardest thing for midwives to do is sit on their hands because we want to, I believe it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and it's not our show, it's your show, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just, it's difficult for us. Um, so, so yes. And I remember thinking that's that long, evening and night and morning, you know, went on and it was just, uh, you know, how, how is this going to end? You know, I guess would be the way, um, thinking about it. And I was so like, like, I'd love for you to tell us, you know, your thoughts about it. I, oh, I think the wisest thing I did, well, I did tons and tons of research, first of all, like throughout my entire pregnancy on, on, labor, how it's supposed to go and just trusting yourself basically. And so I, I built up a lot of trust with myself. I said, I could do it. I said, you know, women have been doing this for millions of years and I believe in my body and, and I'm going to follow my instincts. And if something feels wrong, I'll say so. But, Mm -hmm. um, I, I pretty much told myself just go in the zone. So the smartest thing I did was turn off my phone or hand it over. I should say, (laughs) um, let people know I'm going into labor and then say, get rid of this. And I didn't watch the clock. I, yeah, yeah, you don't want to watch the Mm -hmm. clock because that was a 26 hour. And I did not know how much time had gone by until Draquetta said, okay, it's the 20th. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can win the bet now and go ahead and (laughs) 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 oh wow, yeah, like a whole day's gone by. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was definitely long. Yeah. But, But yeah. But you were in, in the, the zone, zone for sure. You absolutely yeah. were. And you, I mean, so many times, I mean, I love that you just closed your eyes and you went internally and I, I would love for you to kind of let us know, like, so all, all of my uh, research and delving into trauma and, and seeing with my counselor and books I've read now and listened to lots of different podcasts and things. One of the things about people who have had a lot of trauma, especially childhood trauma is that they have trouble trusting their instincts. And so I find that really interesting that you were able to trust your instincts so well in labor. Is there anything that you felt like you had to work through or get past to be able to do that? I honestly, I'd love to talk to more people and kind of figure that out. I, I feel like I haven't ever opened up to counselors well enough. Um, to go down that path, but I, if I could kind of peg myself or, uh, what would the word be diagnose? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, with my experiences during my childhood, it, it'd be a lot like, um, Stockholm syndrome. I, mm-hmm. I loved my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that was a really hard thing for me because I felt like I had to break through a lot of brainwashing in a sense. So mm-hmm. for me, there was a lot of turmoil as far as what's wrong and right. But as far as internally, um, 
I don't know. I've, I've always trusted myself more than I've trusted others. And, and I feel, yeah, it is to a point until, you know, you get married and then your partner feels like (laughs) you should trust them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, I have a harder time with relationships with other people, but Mm -hmm. I I've come through in so many ways that I do tend to trust myself more than others. I love that though. I think that's wonderful because I struggle with the opposite. I, uh, I second guess myself all the time. And, um, and a lot of that has to do with my trauma, um, growing up and, um, and my childhood, uh, stuff that happened. And, and I feel like I, I, I'm always second guessing myself and never sure of my decision and things I'm, there's been just, you know, there's been a few things throughout that I'm like, yes, I'm sure of that thing, but that's far and few between, you know, like, like there's, um, more often I will second guess myself and then have to go back. And then we even laugh, like, um, when I play games with the kids and we have the whole family playing, a, like a trivia game and in the trivia game, uh, I, I always like, I'll say an answer, but then I second guess myself and I change my answer. And then the answer I changed to is wrong. So my, my instinct was correct, but I second guessed myself. And that happens almost every time we play a game like that. So that's actually been something I have been struggling with and working hard on in the last year, especially with becoming a midwife, that I have to be able to trust my instincts. Yeah. So good for you. I think that's absolutely wonderful that you've been able to do that so well. Thank you. I I really haven't ever, ever thought. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's, no, it's a wonderful gift that you have. Um, I think that's amazing. So you had, you had Mr. Milo, um, in a beautiful way. We never had to do a vaginal exam. Um, you, he basically was born into your arms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was amazing. And it was a very, very empowering moment for me. I was living on a high for probably a good two months of oh, just, yeah. wow, look at what I did. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All those endorphins yeah. to hit you. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it was so beautiful and amazing. And I mean, like, like we, like, like, I think uh, the midwife and I were like high-fiving each other when we were leaving your house later that day. <laughs> like, wow, we did that. Like, like, and you yeah. did all the work, but for us, it was hard because like we said, never doing a vaginal exam, not knowing exactly where you were at in labor and, and all of that. And to, to be like, wow, you know, that just happened. That was so, um, inspiring and just, you know, amazing for us to get to witness and, and, you know, be there for, and that you chose, you know, you chose her to be your team. And then I came along. And so I'm just so thankful that that really I, that happened. I, <laughs> yeah. I think it all worked out the way it was supposed to. I, Me too. I was so glad that, you know, when she asked if, um, I'd be okay with a student midwife there, I was like, yeah, it sounds fun. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And yeah. And so I'm so thankful be because there. especially where, you know, you've had issues with trusting people. I feel like, um, that could have, you could have easily said no, and you would have had absolute valid reason to say no. Um, so I'm so thankful you didn't because then look what all has happened since then. Um, I'd really love to kind of talk about, you know, how we we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast episode of how we kind of started healing trauma mamas, because I had went on a podcast to talk about trauma 
but I would love to talk about kind of um, how when you and I started the Facebook group, how that actually opened up a big door to your past. Yes. Um, well, yeah, for sure. The The hard thing about starting something like this is that you have to know other people who have been through trauma. And it's something that not a lot of people obviously like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to know um, through Facebook, actually, that my second cousins um, had also been through trauma. And I reached out to them and told them I was making this group. And they're like, yeah, I'd absolutely love to join. But just so you know, a lot of what has happened to me has to do with our family. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm here and I'm ready to listen. And um, oh my gosh, it was it was like opening a can of worms, but one that needed opened because I, I wound up after hearing what I did, um, cutting off several family members, either for being, um, oh, I'm losing words. That's okay. (laughs) Being, being the, uh, help me out here. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's okay to take a moment. It, It was a lot at once. I know that you had that happened because you suddenly got a lot of information that you hadn't had before about your family and it helped you to make some big decisions that you knew you needed to make. Yeah, it did. (laughs) And, and, and well, and you know, from, from my story, um, that I had to completely cut off that part of the family because I realized a lot of things that had been happening and could validate the feelings that I had been having for so long of wanting to completely not allow them in my life or allow them to be near my children. And I feel like that's kind of what happened to you that you realize once you got more information that you hadn't had before that it, it kind of opened a big can of worms and you realized that there were people that you were allowing to still be in your life who you did not want to be there. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going off of your validating of feelings, there is, there is definitely a lot of um, kind of unsaid turmoil and just, uh, it really helped me wrap my head around who exactly I needed to cut out of my life. My, yeah. my mom being one of the main people. And that was extremely hard for me because I'd always been close to my mom. Um, but this whole thing made me realize that she is part of the problem, whether she had been abused herself as a child or not, or Mm -hmm. seen the abuse and was told to be quiet about it or didn't know about it. And then was told later and chose not to do anything about it. No matter what it was, she was part of the problem. And I didn't want to become part of the problem either. I didn't want to be part of the people gaslighting all of those who had been abused, because that's what winds up happening is that so many women in my family had been shut up and told that you just got to get over it. My sister included. And I, it made me so angry. And I just, I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. And I think this is one of the ways is just saying goodbye to them and then starting this group, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. And you said it best. I was, I was apparently part of a cult. That's what it it really is. Isn't that interesting? Like people don't have a clue 
I mean, like you don't know you're in a cult when you're in a cult. I mean, I've said this numerous times and I remember somebody telling me that I had been in a cult and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I wasn't, you know, and then when you start realizing and you start researching and you start looking at other things, you're like, oh, no, no, that's pretty much exactly what happened. That's, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's exactly what that was. Um, and for you, like this, this was repetitive, like, you know, generational trauma and generational, you know, abuse that had been happening. No idea how far back it goes. Right. Yep. And, and what's interesting is, is, is I've done so much more research and some discussions with my biological brother. Um, he's the only one that I am still in contact with. And, um, there is so much generational stuff with, with my history too. And I'm like, wow, I don't even know, you know, how, how far that stuff goes back and, and what, you know, what has been brought forward. Now I I do want to say, you know, part of us starting healing trauma mamas is because we wanted things to be different for one, we're breaking those generational curses and those generational, you know, abuses that have continued. And both of us said, Nope, stopping with us, not happening, you know? So our children are not going to have those things. Not, not on our watch at least. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I can't guarantee what their life's going to hold, but I can guarantee that I will do the best of my possible, you know, ability as a mom to protect them, um, in all manners that I can. I'm so thankful that you came to that conclusion while Milo was so little, um, because, you know, I, I think you've heard me talk about, you know, mine were so much older and they dealt with that, uh, uh, thankfully, as, as far as I'm aware, you know, Lord willing, there was no, nothing that happened with any of my children, but I did still allow those people to be in their lives somewhat. And, um, I feel like that even just that had such an effect on them. Um, and my oldest has, she's almost 17 now. And she has told me that several times, you know, and she still gets mad, uh, about them, about different things. Um, so I'm so thankful that you were so smart to be able to come to this conclusion that your family was going to be different Yeah, at, a, well, at such a young age. I, I owe so much of that to the fact that for one, I moved far away from my family. So I got away from them and I got to experience, um, so much more <laughs> got to yeah. see how other families function. Um, I got married to this wonderful man. My, my husband really is my rock and he, he is Mr. Justice and I love it about him. <laughs> but he's, he, he's really shown me that, you know, the right way is not always the easy path, but you should do it anyway. Cause it's the right way. Right. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Our husbands yeah. are so similar. They to, really are. You know, <laughs> mine, it took him a long time to find his calling, but it police officer, what a shock. Um, you know, what's right is right, you know, um, and, and justice, absolutely, you know, and that everybody has the ability to choose the right thing. It's just the, the choices they make, they have consequences for them. And I feel like that too, like talking about trauma, like I used to feel guilty for even thinking or or trying to push away those 
quote unquote family members, right? The biological yeah. um, people. And I remember feeling guilty for that, but that, that wasn't, I shouldn't have felt guilty for that. That wasn't a consequence of my decisions. That was a consequence of their decisions. And Absolutely. even if they never accept responsibility for that, it's still on them and not on me. And that's, that's, I don't know why that's been a hard one to be able to come to, um, grips with, I guess. Um, for some reason that one's been a little difficult. I don't know why, but I am really just, uh, I feel like this whole past year for me and, and maybe last year and a half, but I know the last year for sure. It's been, it's been about, well, I guess I want to say more like 14 months, right. Um, has been so, uh, eye-opening, I guess, um, to so many things. I know for you too, it's been so eye-opening just when yeah. we were leading up to, and, and the podcast coming out, which was coming up in, in June, it would be a year and, uh, not just eye-opening, but through this process of understanding and discovering and having to remember different things and then being able to be like, okay, I can work through this. We can heal from this and we can be, you know, stronger on the other side. I don't know how would you feel about that, but my daughter came to me one day after she, she had listened to the podcast and she had heard, I had talked to her about, you know, different things. And, and, uh, I had this, uh, she's an artist. And so I had this dream and I told her about this dream afterwards and she's been working on this picture for me. And the picture was in the dream. I kept looking down and I was flaking off. I know this sounds, it's hard to describe it, but like, like parts of me were flaking off of me and underneath was a shiny new different person. But on the surface, there were still so many different patches of the old me that still hadn't come off yet. And it was an interesting word picture, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, that's, I got a good visualization of that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're an artist, so I'm sure like you could probably draw something really amazing like that. She's been trying to work on it, but she hasn't been able to fully get it yet. And I would love it if you did something and then we would share it on the group for sure. Um, But it's just that picture that, you know, it's a process. Yes. And, and we're working on it, but there's always... I'm not, maybe not always, I'm hoping one day, you know, be fully done. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a bits at a time. It's stuff at a time that comes off and there's things that I don't even, I know you have, I believe full memory of everything that happened to you. Um, is that correct? Yeah, I I, I do. Yeah. And, and for, in some way, I mean, that's a gift and a curse, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about that the other day for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Because so you have the memories so you can work through them kind of, right. You can kind of process through, and I know you haven't, you're still seeking out to find a better counselor than you had in the beginning for somebody to help you work through the trauma. I, on the other hand, only remember bits and pieces and that's been difficult, but probably you're thinking it's the same thing, a blessing and a curse, right? So it's a blessing because I can't remember all of the stuff. I can remember some of this awful stuff, but I can't remember all of the awful stuff. Um, so, and that's a blessing in a way, because my brain isn't trying to 
categorize or trying to deal with some of the stuff I haven't been able to remember yet, but it's a curse because I wish I could remember some of it just so I could work on getting over it. Yeah. So that's that's definitely understandable. It's (laughs) interesting, isn't it? It is. It's super interesting. And I, I wish I knew, I wish I knew why my mind didn't block it all out. And that kind of goes back to one of the reasons why I think maybe I had a little bit of a um, Stockholm syndrome. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's the only thing that would make sense to me. Um, you want to explain a little bit ever... more uh, about what Stockholm syndrome is? Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. And I, I wish I had a definition up in front of me, so I don't botch it, but it's basically where you, you care about and you empathize with your, um, captor or your, your abuser basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the time they talk yeah. about Stockholm syndrome when like somebody's been kidnapped or yeah. in a hostage situation. But I, I think it, it has to be common. It has to also mm-hmm. apply to children and their Absolutely. abusive parents because your parents are the people that you look up to. That's who you um, learn from. And it, and for me, it was like, my dad was very two-faced during yeah. the day. He was the kindest, coolest person that everybody adored everybody loved around him. And so it's like, you can't help, but, you know, also want that, but then there was night <laughs> and he was a completely different person. Um, so it, it definitely caused a lot of confusion in me growing up, I think. And just, I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with like the power, you know, the imbalance of power because he was the adult, right? He was the parent. Yeah. And so if everybody, if he was this fun loving, you know, guy that everybody liked all the time, then, okay, that's who your dad is. But everyone else didn't see the person that you saw when it, like you said, when it became nighttime. Um, so I'm sure that's, yeah, definitely Stockholm syndrome is what I would say. Probably most children who have that type of, uh, especially sexual trauma from a parent, um, that that's such a, it explained your trust issues for sure. Right. Um, yeah. so cause you <laughs> think sure. a pa- children should be able to trust their parents, right? They're the, Absolutely. they're the two people out of everyone they should be able to trust. And when that trust gets broken and violated, then that leaves you extremely confused and, and unable to fully trust anyone else, I would say. Yeah. Well, it, you, you can never know what somebody's thinking or what they're capable of until something happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, um, and I know we could probably do a whole nother podcast episode about this, but you know, just even the relationship with your husband, um, the fact that you were able to I, just open yeah. up to him at all and even get married. Yeah. Well, there's, that's a whole nother, that was a, I don't know if you want to go down the instinct road again, (laughs) but I, I only knew him for, for six months ish before we're like, let's get married. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got married and honeymoon and baby. And I just, I don't know. I, there's something about him. I don't know if it's his just brutal honesty with <laughs> with everybody or, <laughs> and or he probably can appreciate that said to me and yeah because like 
for me, I felt like, and I'm sure lots of people feel this way when they get into a new relationship, you feel like you have to warn them about your trauma so that Mm -hmm. if they want to leave you, they can, you're like, Mm -hmm. before this gets too deep, Mm -hmm. this is me. This is what I've been through. Um, and I guess I don't remember exactly what he said, but he, he made me feel like I wasn't weak and like, it wasn't my fault. And I, Mm -hmm. he made me feel valid and valued and that's wonderful. I don't know. There's just so much about him that he is a really amazing person. <laughs> That's great. And, yeah. Worth, but, worth the rest of my lifetime. <laughs> absolutely. I can hear it in your voice. Um, I understand. I feel the same way when I talk about my husband, but my poor husband had the opposite of, of your husband and that my husband didn't really know exactly what he was getting into <laughs> I, uh, because of the way my trauma was a lot of it was hidden. And, um, because yeah. of being raised in a cult and we were taught to keep so many things secret or just between us that I, um, I didn't open up to him about everything completely. And he didn't really know what he was getting into. And I just, thank God that he still stayed with me after he learned some of it, but you know, again, amazing man. And I, I, I'm so thankful that he has stuck with me and, and fought through a lot of stuff that has come up for me because of all of that. Um, you know, it's, he's the same, the same as, as your husband that just, you know, just he's my rock too. Like it just, I'm so thankful for him because he's kept me, you know, kept the foundation, um, so that I'm not wobbly at all. I know, you know, exactly where I stand, you know, with him and that he will always be standing by me. And that makes such a difference. And I know you feel the same way about Paul. So, oh yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. It can be difficult on them because we're, (laughs) I know (laughs) a little harebrained or crazy some days. And it's like, what have I gotten myself into? You just imagine what he's thinking, but so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. But, yeah. They're, they're strong guys. <laughs> they are absolutely. Yeah. One day they might get to meet each other <laughs> someday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Someday that would be really neat, but yeah, I, you know, and I'm so thankful for them that they, they're able to work through these things. And I don't know, like my husband, I know even, you know, he's just been a police officer for the last six years or so. So he's got some training now, but he didn't have training before on working with people with trauma. And I don't think Paul had any training of working with people with trauma, but yet they have actually, did he, I'd <laughs> love to of, hear. Um, he's, he's got some interesting history behind him. Cause he's got, um, let's see, four younger siblings, one older brother. Um, and they're all very spread apart in age, like his youngest. So he's, about to be 30 and his youngest siblings about to be 16. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's experienced a lot in his lifetime as far as his own family having some mental issues and, um, both of his parents are nurses. And so he's gotten to hear stories. He's been, Oh, I, I cannot remember all the things this man has done in his life here, but he's, he's certified in, so many different random things. Um, Wow. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, I don't know. He's, he's a people person. He may not say he's a people person, but he is, he knows a lot that I'm still learning. (laughs) Well, that's great. And see, I feel like my husband did too, but I don't know where it came from. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know if it's because, um, if, if I wonder if he'll ever come on the podcast with me, he might at some point, he's been very encouraging and very supportive of, of healing trauma mamas and starting the group and starting the podcast. So, um, he might at some point come on. I'd, that'd be neat to have the husbands on. Um, but, be a fun one. Yeah. yeah, because my husband has actually had a ton of trauma through his childhood, yeah. but he, his brain is different and he, he's different in how he responded to it and yeah. not like me at all. And he like has such a smart brain. Like he just learned from all of that. And I really feel like that's partly what helped him with, with me and how he was such a great help to me because he was able to learn. He's never gone to counseling. He's never done anything like that. He's just a really smart man. Honestly, is all I can say. And he just learned from all these mis- and And what he would say, if he gave you his testimony or talked about it, it's just that, you know, he, he saw all these examples of how not to be, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. how not to treat people and how not to parent, you know, and how not to be towards your children and how not to treat other people, you know, just all different, yeah. so many different things. Um, I think that's a great way to learn because yeah. if you can learn that way without having to experience it and just, well, if you're a person who can learn by watching instead of by experiencing <laughs> then you're doing pretty well. (laughs) Yeah. I think that really helped him to be able to just, he's a very logical person. So he could just logically, you know, tell me, well, well, yeah, I could see that from this, this, and this happening. And sometimes he could tell me what's going on with me that I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, you know, very thankful. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Our guys have definitely got to meet. They, <laughs> yes, it would be so I'll great. It it? It'd be fun to have them on yeah. the podcast at some point together. Well, Absolutely. I know we didn't get too much into, you know, in depth about uh, trauma today. Just kind of wanted to give a little brief, you know, hi, this is Alyssa and Madon and yeah. <laughs> we're the two faces of healing trauma mamas. And, um, we both have a lot of different experiences that hopefully we can share, um, with everyone on this podcast and dive, dive deeper in exactly. Yeah. And then be able to learn. And we're looking forward to, we've got quite a few different people lined up to be able to interview and, um, hopefully, you know, we can just uh, provide a space for people to share their stories and that others can listen to and be able to learn and grow and, and really, like we said, heal from their trauma. So that's our goal. Is there anything you'd like to add, Alyssa, to share? Um, well, <laughs> not that I could think of on the spot, but okay. I definitely would like to be able to dive in deeper and, and not beat around Absolutely. the bush so much about things because, you know, part of this is being able to, to let it out. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so we will, if anyone feels confused about any of what we've said, please ask questions and we can um, answer those and maybe bring them up in the next podcast a little more in depth. Sure. Well, we'll yeah. be planning on, um, for one, we'll be discussing, you know, uh, thankfully you avoided birth trauma, um, but we can discuss that in depth. <laughs> yeah, you really did. Um, and, and, and you set yourself up for success for future pregnancies, honestly. Um, but I would love for us to, in the future, go over a little bit more, um, about, you know, birth trauma and how that could come out in, in labor. And, and I'd love to talk about more about 
your history and about your sexual trauma as a child. And um, I don't think we ever mentioned that, that your dad is in prison, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we mentioned that on the podcast yet, but um, yeah, he's in prison. Um, So um, thankful for that. (laughs) But um, I definitely want to delve more into that. I want to delve more into uh, secrets, generational traumas. Um, I feel like there's so many different things we could talk about um, and talking about triggers triggers for sure. Um, which I think is an interesting thing because I personally have had some things come up in midwifery, um, that have been triggers that I didn't realize would be triggers for me. And I've had to be very vocal with, uh, the midwife I'm working with and the one I was working with and letting them know, Hey, I don't know why, but I'm having a trauma response from this right now. Um, so, and they've been so gracious to work with me on that. So I'm very thankful, but that's something I would love to talk about, you know, those types of triggers, even the ones we don't realize that are happening and how we deal with them. And then, um, I would think I would love for us to then to also discuss, you know, how our past and our traumas have changed us in parenting, right? Um, cause we're bringing up our children now and our goal is to make sure that they don't have to deal with any of these and to change their, I mean, really to create a new legacy. I mean, that's, that's my goal. I know my husband's goal and I, and I believe yours and Paul's goal is to oh yeah raise, raise the standards of this world. Absolutely. We have to take care of each other. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think, you know, we've made a good start on it. We have a whole lot more to discuss and, um, looking forward to future podcasts on being able to do that. Um, but wanted to welcome everybody to healing trauma mamas and getting us started for now. This has been Dawn and Alyssa, and, um, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your creator, so be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time, shalom.